So I kind of like this, uh, this thing going on up here. I kind of feel like I'm a soccer goalie. You know, I've got restrictions as to how much I can move. They did that for me to stay in the camera lane, I'm sure. Uh, as you all know, I like to move around. So as I was, uh, as I was thinking in, in my time with, with coronavirus, and, and this may resonate with some of you that have had it, and, uh, and those of you who had not had it, Lord, I pray you don't. Let me tell you some things that I've learned about coronavirus. If, if you uh, were able to see the post that Monica put out uh, about us when we were in the hospital together for the first time, she said through the 30, almost five years that we had been through a lot together, and now we are doing coronavirus together. And I just want to let you know, coronavirus is not something you want to do by yourself. It's not something you want to do with a friend. It's not something you want to do with your spouse. It's not something you want to do with your family. And it's not something you want to do with your church. Just say no to coronavirus. So, uh, that's my take on it. So... But as I was laying there, and this, this could be, you know, not just if you have coronavirus, but if you, through this pandem pandemic season that we've been in, which really is a panic season, right? Uh, the whole world's upside down. Uh, the media, like Lonnie said, is feeding us everything that includes fear, okay? We don't know who's telling the truth. I talked to my doctor. He doesn't know, so I'm thinking, you know, thank God God knows, and so, if, if I stand on the promise He gave me, I shall not die. I shall live. And I want to live healthily. Okay? But as I was laying there and I was thinking, I wasn't able, uh, wasn't feeling well, I wasn't able to go to work before I actually went into the hospital. So I was out of work for about three weeks. And for me being the main provider in the family, the first thing I began to think about was, how is this going to work out? So you don't have to have the coronavirus, but your job could be affected. Many people's jobs have been affected through this season when you're not able to go to work. I'm looking around. There's some teachers in this room. Uh, there's a great concern because not only you're trying to protect yourself, you're trying to protect your children. You, you can go. You can't go. You're virtual. You're live. You don't know. Uh, it's a very confusing season. And in that, you know, if some people have lost their job and, and some people are concerned every day if they're going to keep their job. So provision was something that was strongly on my mind. And I began to think about that. And I'm a story guy. Uh, I think about stories in the Bible and, and what I might call what I want to communicate with you. So if you wouldn't mind, if you wouldn't mind, would you say my title? So at least I know you're connected to me one time. The title of today's word is Bring It Back. Can you say that? Bring It Back. Now, I'd hope you'd say it like you want it back. So bring it back. Thank you. So if we look in Luke chapter 7, uh, beginning in uh, verse 11, we find a story right here that, uh, that speaks to me in a way, and I want to explain that to you. So now it happened the day after that, he went into a city called Nain. And many of his disciples went with him, and a large crowd. And when he came near to the gate of the city, behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of a mother, and she was a widow. A large crowd from the city was with her, and when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her. And he said to her, Do not weep. 
Then he came and touched the open coffin, and those who carried him stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, arise. So he who was dead sat up and began to speak, and he presented him to his mother. So what is the significance of this? Well, you see, in that time period, a woman did not have the ability to uh, do things that we have today in our society. She could not provide for herself. So, uh, important thing there, she only had one son, and now he was, di- he was dead. Okay, So, he would have been her source of provision because her husband had passed away. And so, in that story, I find some encouragement despite the odds of what it looks like, maybe you're in a situation where you think your source of income is gone. Maybe you think your source of income is in jeopardy. Okay? Our God is able to bring it back. Okay? It can become more than it was before it started. So the second thing that I see um, that I'd like to use um, comes out of uh, John chapter 11. This is a very familiar story. And I just challenge you to think for just a minute, not about what you know about these stories, because all these stories are going to be something you know about. But I just want to bring out something that, that the Lord spoke to me, and so uh, hopefully He'll speak that same thing to you. So um, in John uh, chapter 11, verse 1, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary, and his, her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped His feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore the sisters sent him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love, is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so he heard he was sick. He stayed two more days in the place where he was. And then after that, he said, The disciples, let us go to Judea again. You see, one thing that I noticed in my time uh, with coronavirus was the isolation. Obviously, if you have coronavirus, the right thing to do is isolate yourself, quarantine, do not get around other people, do not try to continue the spread of this, okay? But unfortunately, the enemy is saying to you, you know, that's the way it's always going to be, okay? And one thing that uh, I experienced uh, is I I was able to talk to a few people. I did uh, talk to some on the phone. And of course, as we were talking, it was difficult for me to speak because I didn't have a lot of my win. Uh, and that's one thing it'll take away from you. I don't know if all of y'all experienced that, but the, the, the struggle to breathe uh, was, was really a challenge. Okay? But you see, the thing that, that was behind that, it was the separation of connection with people. See, if you do not have friendship and you do not have fellowship, which I long greatly for, okay? I remember uh, on the Saturday after I was cleared to, to get out, I came to the coffee shop that morning and sat down. 
And I was able to look at people for the first time that wasn't in my immediate family. Now, of course, I was with Monica, and Monica was with me, and she wanted me to leave because she was tired of me. So, uh, take that however you want to. Uh, but, but, you, but really, though, the enemy would like to isolate you to a small group. When the Lord wants you to interact with a large group. Some of your circle of influence is bigger than you know. Okay? See, when, when I began to interact with people that saw me for the first time, and I began to understand the perception that people had of me and where I was at, because they heard the word COVID. You see, and, and, and there's so much fear that's been generated, if you have COVID, then you're not going to make it. Isn't that what the media is driving? I mean, they kept emphasizing the number of people that were passing away for a while. They're not doing that quite as much anymore. But I saw people for the first time, and I saw the shock on their face when they saw me. It's almost like I was Lazarus coming back from the dead. You know? And so, I just want to be honest with you. Uh, Monica posted a picture of us, and when she talked about we were doing coronavirus together, and everybody commented, y'all look great. I'm going to be honest with you, pictures on Facebook will lie because I wasn't doing great, okay? I was happy that Monica was able to come see me. I was able to see her. She was the first person I recognized that I saw in several days, you know, and, and so I was happy to see her, but I wasn't happy, Okay? I wasn't happy. And so, uh, but that's what this is doing to us. The enemy will use a lot of things, not just the coronavirus, to get us to isolate ourselves and break fellowship, okay? And break friendship. Now, today there might be some friendships that you haven't really um, been connected with lately. I've talked to a few people through this time of recovering that called me up out of the blue that we've kind of, you know, our lives kind of, you know, have, have drifted to a different direction. They're going one way, I'm going another. Uh, but God had put us together at one time and God, you know, brought us back together to, to bring that fellowship back and that friendship back. And we know that, uh, we know that Jesus loves Lazarus. Okay. He shows us an example that we can love people with compassion. You have friends just like, just like Lazarus was to Jesus. You've got friends that are just like that. And so, in verse 43 and 44 of chapter 11, we see that very important. Yeah, Lazarus to many of them, was not with us anymore. But to Jesus, He was still here. And so we see in verse 43, He said, Now when He had said these things, He cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forward. And He who had died came out of bound head and foot from grave cloths, and His face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Loose Him and let Him go. You see, in this time of captivity, because I want to use that word, that's what they're doing. They're keeping us in captive. You see, we're so afraid to look at each other now. I mean, when we first started, we went to Walmart and we were masked up and, 
you, you know, I was walking by people, and you can't really tell somebody's true facial expression by their eyes. Uh, I do know some people that their facial expressions give away all their thoughts. So even with a mask on, their eyes tell the whole story. But most people, when I saw them, I saw fear in their eyes. Okay? I, I saw, don't get close to me because you might know me. I'm afraid, but I don't know. Just like me wearing the jacket. On the outside, they look good, but on the inside, I could tell it wasn't that good. So, we see in one more place that the, uh, the third thing I wanted to share to you that was shown to me. You know what? Let's be honest. You can have a lot of money, resources, possessions, anything you could want materially in this world. And you can be connected with a lot of people, but you might not have this last one. So, in, in Luke chapter 8, verse 40, we're familiar with this story. Um, we, we know... Uh, this has to do with, with Jairus and his daughter. And we've, we've heard that story before. And we're very familiar with a lot of stories. But sometimes we don't get familiar with what God truly wants to be doing. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed Him for they were all waiting for him, and behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet, and he begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. You see, joy is an important thing in our life. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You can have provision, you can have friendships, but you can be absent of joy. There's been a lot of famous people, a lot of wealthy people that have chose to end their life early because they lacked joy in their life. You see, I know about the joy of children. I showed you two of the most happiest things in my life. They go along with my six children, my three in-laws, and my wife. They bring a lot of joy to me. But I know the joy of a child. I was able to see pictures uh, right after Marley was born of Philip and Holly as they looked at Marley. Despite what all that, that Holly had to go through, which is very difficult, I won't share that detail with you. I'm going to let her do that. But I can tell you it wasn't a standard delivery. But to see the expression on all three of them's face was an absolute picture of joy. So much happiness that they were together and they had made it to the point where God had promised them to be. I want to give you another example of joy that happened not very long ago on the stage. That's when uh, Mr. Riley Young was ordained to be a pastor. And to see his dad stand up here and 
charge him, encourage him, continue to teach him, and celebrate him. You saw the joy of a man for his son. And his mother was on the back row trying to keep it together to lead us into worship. But tears of joy flowing for how proud she was for her child. So you know how valuable that is. And we know following the story and on down in, in 49 through 56, we see that Jesus showed up. And there were the naysayers, the people, the professional mourners that were there. You don't bother Jesus anymore. It's too late. Okay? Your joy is gone. It's too late. Well, I'm here today to declare to you, if you don't have your joy today, it's not too late. God will bring it back. And just as Jesus brought Jairus' daughter back, He can bring your joy back in your life if you don't have it. But there's one more I wanted to share before we close. You see, today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as personal Savior, I'm going to talk to you about one more bring it back. You see, when Adam and Eve lived here, the enemy convinced them to do something disobedient to God that he said not to do. And when they took of that fruit, they separated mankind from God. And Jesus came here to live on this earth for a purpose, to die on the cross, to be buried. Three days later, He arose to buy back that relationship with God. So if you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior today, today is your day that He can bring it back. Don't leave here today. Don't leave here today being uncertain. If you're here today and you just don't know, there are plenty of people here that will pray for you. I'm not going to call you down to the altar. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But you see, today is the day of salvation. You can have the provisions. You can. You can have fellowship. You might even think you have joy, but if you don't have Jesus, you will not make it into heaven. So, Ms. Paula's here, Jackie and Jeff, Lonnie, Miss Nita, there's several people, Caleb, myself after the service, William, Miss Deborah, there are several here. If you don't know Jesus, today is the day. So now, as we live here, uh, I hope that maybe in something that I discussed today, Roddy tells me people don't remember much of your sermons. Uh, they won't remember, you know, next week, he tells me. Okay, that may be true. I hope you remember my two granddaughters, though. Don't forget them, because I would have failed as a grandfather to show off my grandchildren. Now, if you have grandchildren and you're not showing them off, you need to get to practicing, okay? That's all I'm going to tell you. Grandchildren are the reward for not taking your children out. So that's what I've learned. <laughs> but they are a blessing of the Lord, and I'm so thankful. Let us pray. Lord, I thank You for my time here. Lord, I thank You for 
uh, this opportunity to share. But Lord, I, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I, I hope today that they didn't hear me, but your Holy Spirit spoke to someone. Lord, I thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Before we leave, I have something I want to do. Unannounced. I'm an unannounced guy, okay? I love surprises. Not everybody does, and the people I'm surprising may not like me. But there was a big event this week uh, in the life of a, a tremendous member of this church. And so I'd like to share that with you, but also I want to ask him to close us out in prayer. So, Mr. Roy Young, would you please come up to the stage? I want you to dismiss us. Uh, not the reverend. I want the man, not the man trying to be next to the man. I want y'all to know that Roy uh, obtained his master's this week in theology from the University of Liberty. Please stand. This is a, a man of God right here, and I'm so thankful I can call. So please, he's going to straighten out something I got wrong. Not, not theology, but uh, human service counseling and executive leadership. But thank you. Uh, all right. Let's pray. Dear Most Gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you today just to thank you, dear Lord. Thank you for allowing us to have a house to worship in. Thank you for our health. Thank you for blessing us with the company of each other, dear Lord. We ask that you be with us. Guide us, direct us in your way. Help us to live our life and be a light for others throughout our week, dear Lord. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.